0: And welcome back, everybody, to Double Down with Russ where we cover everything in the world of sports. Some of our favorite interviews have been of founders of startup sports betting companies, and we've got a really interesting one for you today. Uh, It's a company called Units, which is a brand new uh, breakthrough company in the world of daily fantasy sports bringing a very unique angle to daily fantasy sports. We'll see if it's enough to get it to break through. They got a couple of competitors out there that you may have heard of. So it's a, it's a crowded field, but, uh, Tori Korsunski, the founder and CEO is here to tell us about it and see if he can convince any of our listeners and viewers to, to sign up for his daily fantasy sports company, which is called units. Tori, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, James, for having me. Really, really excited to be here.
0: Thanks for joining. So, um, our our fans are at the edge of their seat. They want to know what is so special about your daily for span your daily sports fantasy site.
1: Yeah, the first thing to note is that we are creating a departure from the endless scroll of daily fantasy and sports betting apps, where you can scroll and scroll and sort of live without context of helping fans decide. Hey, how should I? How should I decide what to to put in my entry or what should I bet on tonight? And so what we've done is, is curated a number of markets available and then attach original editorial quick hits of content to it. So, hey, here's why you should be paying attention to this guy on this night for this specific reason, whether it's him going back to his old team and is looking for a revenge game or a rookie debuting in their first game or any number of, you know, 30 themes that we've drawn out. Um, it's really a great place to go so that you can see you know, first, hey, here's what I should be paying attention to and and why I should be paying attention to it.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I I, got to say, when I first read about it, which was just this morning, because we just set up this interview, I was very impressed by the idea. I consider myself an idea man. So whenever I see what (laughs) I think is a good idea, I'm always upset that I didn't come up with it first. But, um, but yeah, to further delve into exactly how you differentiate, you know, compared to a typical fantasy site, where just, as you point out, there's all the bets, and these days, it seems like all the sites just want to have more and more and more on there, that that's the way to attract customers is the more bet offerings they have, the better. Um, but it's entirely up to the player to kind of figure out who to bet on and why to bet on them. Whereas you are kind of delivering something to players to say, hey, this might be an interesting thing to watch today and play, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: My, my perspective on it is really one of, a sports media background. You know, the idea hit me over the head when I was sick with COVID watching March Madness. And, you know, like every year in the past, I hadn't watched a second of college basketball, but all I needed was a little bit of context to help me decide which players to back. And, um, you know, whether it's Grand Canyon University or Florida Atlantic University, there are always these Cinderella runs and you learn so much about the players and their stories along the way. And I thought, how do we bring that sort of experience and information to fans on a day-to-day basis, right? How can we bring the best, most interesting narratives to a fan, um, to help them decide whether they want to put their money behind this player or maybe even against the player. If, you know, they're, they're sort of like a, a villain within the the sports media ecosystem or their respective league or team.
0: Right. So let's talk about you for a bit. Are you a longtime sports better yourself or daily, uh, fantasy player?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, have grown up around it, uh, have been since the legalization of betting in the U S been definitely paying more attention to, to the industry. Um, but come from more of a a sports media background, background, at least from a professional perspective, spent time at CAA on the merchant banking team, which is called evolution media capital, doing some sports media advisory, working on landmark TV deals, whether it's NHL selling to ESPN and and TNT or local media deals, um, hockey, baseball, you name it. Um, and that was a really great experience and then jump ship to, another company called WSC sports pretty big in the sports editing space using AI to automatically generate clips. It was there for a couple of years. Um, And I think that sports media background really sort of informed um, my perspective on what gaming should look like as a, as a casual fan rather than coming at it from the perspective of um, someone who's, you know, been a casino operator for decades and now is launching a sports book or something like that.
0: Yeah. Well, it's definitely nice to have the blend of knowledge and experience um, because there, there, there's one thing to be a, a sports follower, another thing to be a sports better, and it's definitely a unique breed. And in particular, the daily fantasy player can be a unique breed. Um, I don't know <clears throat> the customer extremely well, but strikes me as perhaps more on the nerdy side of the sports followers are the ones that are playing, you know, fantasy sports and really getting into the individual player statistics and so on. So, how do you match what you're doing with that player, or are you actually perhaps looking for a new type of fantasy player?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. And I think that's one of the things that I've noticed over the past couple of years is that daily fantasy has really moved in the direction of professionalization where uh, the best players are running regressive models to figure out which player has the best value within the salary cap constraints. And that's, that's not really an experience that I think many sports fans want to do. I think it's too time consuming. It's not friendly. And at the heart of watching sports is, is, is it's emotion driven. It's storyline driven. And so we want to bring that experience um to sports gaming and real money gaming just give fans a little bit of information and a little bit of statistical information to help them make a decision it's like hey here's a here's a quick fact about what's going on with this guy from a personal perspective here's a little bit of information about his his performance recently against this team um and hopefully that's enough information to get them to say hey i actually might not have cared about this player if i wasn't paying attention but now but now i do
0: yeah so I tend to agree. I think that's what you're targeting. So therefore that does sound to me as if you're not necessarily trying to steal players from DraftKings and FanDuel that have been doing this for a long time. You're really trying to get new players.
1: Yeah, exactly. You, you look at the TAM of um, sports fandom across the U S and there are probably 50 to 80 million adult sports fans. And of those there are maybe in the neighborhood of, of 10 million regular real money uh gaming players whether it's sports betting whether it's daily fantasy whether it's some other activity where they're putting their money behind sports and i think putting money behind your favorite player or money against your least favorite player is one of the most natural express- expressions of fandom and i think fans want to do that there just hasn't been a product that really sort of scratches their itch and suits their needs from a product perspective that makes it easy that makes it fun that makes it casual Um, I think a lot of the products that are out there are really built for sophisticated individuals, you know, on the fantasy side and on the regulated sportsbook side as well.
0: Yeah. So the challenge, like most of these companies, is, you know, how do you promote this? How do you get it out so people can see it? Because on the one hand, I could say that, well, I'm already if I'm a sports fan, I'm already hearing the stories. You know, I'm watching ESPN. I'm hearing this story. I'm hearing that story. But I'm not necessarily connecting in my head that, oh, gee, I should. That would be really interesting to place a fantasy sports bet on. You're you're uh, marrying the two, which is great. But still, I got to see it, hear it, know about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, we often talk about the user journey as it exists today, right? When someone says, um, you know, they want to put money on sports tonight. They'll probably go to a number of different websites where they can get picks, or they'll talk to their friend about you know who they like tonight. Then they'll go to a platform that either has money in their account or that has given them an offer, and they're making a lot of you know purely logistical decisions. Um, we think that with the content that we're providing, the curated nature of it, we can create a pull back into our platform that doesn't really exist. Where we build trust with users over time that says, "Hey, we tell the best stories in sports night in night out. We're going to give you." you know, a couple of things that you know about from your favorite teams, a couple of things that you didn't know about from other teams that you should really be paying attention to from a national media perspective. And Hey, here's an opportunity to put money behind it right in that same experience. So it's sort of bringing it all together and making it for a more cohesive user journey for sports fans.
0: Mm-hmm. So bottom line, what's your strategy right now for getting this in front of people?
1: So we've been doing a lot of grassroots activation, meeting people in person, um, meeting people in the places that they congregate, online and offline. There's really no skipping the process of getting the first person to like it, getting the second person to like it, losing the first person, getting the second person to refer a friend. Um, and that's sort of the journey that we're on. We're not doing any sort of paid marketing. We've built decently sized social channels. So we're we're tapping into those, but more from a, a brand recognition perspective than a real direct user acquisition um, channel. And so we're just really you know getting out there, meeting people one-to-one, telling them on the vision, telling them why they should care about it, but then getting them to tell their friends. And, and so far it's been been pretty effective.
0: What about social media influencers? It's not something I've really talked to anybody on the show about yet. So I don't know to what extent they're being used already for sports betting, but certainly seems kind of like a natural, as far as having a social media influencer to be talking about this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of really great things that we can do. And just given that we're telling these stories, we actually can offer something beyond just, Hey, here's a sign-up link with a bonus to drive back to sportsbook X or daily fantasy app X. We can allow influencers to tell their stories, the stories that they find really exciting, and say, "Hey, by the way, this is actually available. This story that I just told you about is available to put to put money behind or money against." If you don't like it, um, and so that's not something that we we've tapped into yet, but it's definitely on our on our radar and something that we're going to look to, um, you know, when NBA season kicks off and other winter sports start to start to take hold.
0: So. Why don't you give us some examples of the stories and and but let's just start with bottom line per day how many stories are you putting out there?
1: Yeah, it ranges depending on the day. Um, we are really taking this, like I mentioned, hyper curated approach where we're going through every game on the schedule, saying, "Hey, is there something that fits within our theme here? If so, let's run it. If not, we'll skip to the next one." Um, and so, you know, on a on an NFL Sunday, we might have one to two stories per game plus MLB. Uh, plus basketball when it kicks off. So it could be upwards of, of 20 to 30 stories. Um, you know, Champions League kicked off today. We thought about running some stories for Champions League. We've got Ryder Cup in a couple of weeks. You know, we're now in the sort of peak of the sports calendar. October is the, the only month of the year that has um, NFL, NHL, MLB, and NBA. And so that's a really exciting time for us. And um, we've rolled out some functionality and features that actually make it really easy to sort and filter through the stories that you want to see uh, precisely whether it's by a sport, team game, um, theme type, et cetera.
0: So Ryder cup is interesting. Are you guys already working on some stories for Ryder cup?
1: Yeah, we're working on some stuff for Ryder cup. We'll, we'll hopefully roll it out um, next week. And once we have a better sense of, of where the narratives are going to come from, we think it'll actually work a little bit better into the weekend. Once uh, you know, some of the first matches have started to play out and we can start to build off of that because you know, they only, they they're, they're the, the rosters are brand new. They only play this every two years. Um, so we need to, to build a little bit of content to, to, to build up stories off of.
0: So, so to give us a flavor though, tell us about sure. either something you're actually working on for Ryder Cup or just, or just off the top of your head, you know, make up an example of the type of thing that you might uh, pitch.
1: Yeah. So there, there are a bunch of different things. I can tell you more about um, the NFL since we're just more actively working on it on, on a day to day basis. So, I happened to be a, a Dolphins fan. The Dolphins played the Chargers in week one, and I didn't remember that uh, Tua was drafted directly ahead of Justin Herbert, um, and there was a lot of talk at the time of, of whether the Dolphins were going to go with Herbert or they were going to go with Tua, and so we ran a story about Justin Herbert and him, it being a sort of revenge game for him where he always felt like he was overlooked or should have been taken ahead of Tua. Um, that was great. Did really well. We ran a story yesterday about, about Nick Chubb and we called it honoring greatness where we were comparing him to Jim Brown and, you know, how he's the next great Cleveland running back, uh, you know, injury notwithstanding. And those are just sort of a couple of examples of, of you know, whether it's a, a player that has some sort of personal narrative surrounding this specific game or something that's super timely, or, you know, we talked about a little bit about rookies um, sort of like coming up and getting their start or, Acuna, you know, going for the first 30, 60 season in history, lots of stuff like that, that are just sort of like prime opportunities, whether it's milestones, trades, injuries, returns, rumors, there's really endless content to tap into. That's super timely. This day, this night is why you
0: need to pay attention. So Justin Aber you, you, you guys, how do you pronounce his last name? Sorry, say again. Is, is it Herbert or Aber? Justin. Oh, so I think it's I think
1: it's Herbert. Is okay, he? French? Herbert. I, maybe I, I, I don't know. For on. some
0: reason, whenever I see the name, I, I want to pronounce it in a French way. Uh, <laughs> so 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 and that. OK, so so that's the story you're pitching. And then what's the bet that you're offering? And so
1: that that particular one, his line was on uh, total passing yards.
0: OK, so you're, um, basically, here's the story. And obviously, it looks like he's probably going to be pretty pumped up for the game. And here's the over under Now, that would your story inherently you would think drives people to bet the over. So, how do you handle that? Because you really, as a bet bet operator, I wouldn't think you want to be steering your players to a, one particular bet or another. But it it's kind of seems like your story does that.
1: Yeah. So we make a, a pretty significant effort and take it obviously very seriously that we're not steering users in one direction or the other. So. I sort of gave you the the highlight, the more emotional motivational factor. Um, it's like, hey, he might have this game marked on his calendar, and he's really excited about it. But on the contrary, hear how his stats have performed over X period or against the Dolphins, which is actually a little bit less favorable and below the the projection that he has for this game, right? So we try to have a a pro, a con, um, a statistic, and that usually gives that the feedback so far is that, that gives fans enough information to go off of to feel like to have a good sense of like I, I have conviction in the pick that i'm making basically
0: mm-hmm. okay let's leave it there we got to take our first break and when we come back from the break i want to talk a little bit more about uh the states that you're in and kind of the legal and regulatory side of this it's really fascinating to talk to somebody who's just launched a new daily fantasy sports company so that angle is really important we're talking to tori korsunsky ceo founder of units we'll be right back after this message For a podcast known to move the needle for investors, Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.
1: Hi, it's Lauren the Better,
0: and you're listening to Double Down with Breslow on the Evergreen Podcast Network. And welcome back, everybody, to Double Down with Freslo. We are speaking with Tori Korsunsky, CEO and founder of Units, a new daily sports fantasy uh, app for players out there. And stay tuned because Tory's going to have a little special just for listeners of Double Down if they want to check out his app. Uh, one follow-up question I had as far as stories, we were just talking about injuries to Chubb and so on that seems like a natural story and a very relevant story when you're talking about betting, you know, Hey, in, in the, this guy is just coming back from, you know, a a torn ACL and it's his first game back and he's been going through all this rehab or the guy just last week tweaked his sprained his ankle and he's listed as probable, but you know, he didn't practice the last two days and this, that, and the other is, is injuries. Would you agree? Is that kind of a natural for you guys on stories?
1: Yeah, injuries are really natural. I think return from major injuries is obviously a great storyline. And I think another really interesting storyline is the guy that's replacing him, right? No one knew, uh, I think his name is is Jerome Ford, who came in. Yeah, Jerome Ford, who came in as the backup for Nick Chubb. And I don't, I don't think many people were paying attention, knew his name, knew what the Cleveland Browns running back depth chart looked like, and he had a great game, right? And now he's going to be hands down the most popular fantasy pickup. And we'll probably do a story on him this week and say like something about next man up and how he's going to look great filling in for Nick Chubb. And now it's his time to shine. Um, I think those are, those are really amazing stories to tell. And we love the opportunity to tell the story about a player who, you know, isn't a national name and has a chance to sort of put himself on the map. We think that um, every player is the center of their own story. And we like to be able to tell stories about lesser known players. Um, we're not there yet. We're really focused on the stars right now, but over time we'd love to get to a place where units is such a trusted source of, of great storytelling about players and their personal narratives that we can tell you about the third string defensive end. And, you know, will he have over two sacks or will he have over four tackles or something like that and get people really excited about a player that they might not be paying attention to on a day-to-day basis.
0: All right. So let's talk about the legal and the regulatory side. You guys, tell us how many States you're in uh, currently.
1: Yeah. We're in, we're in 19 States in DC. Um, some of the big ones are Florida, Texas, California, North Carolina, Illinois, Georgia, um, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and, and a couple other smaller states.
0: And what keeps you from being in more?
1: Right now, we're sort of following the letter of the law as it relates to uh, the divide between daily fantasy and, and sports betting, um, and just taking a really conservative approach to only go to states where um, we think that our game is is valid and legal and and can operate safely.
0: Mm-hmm. so you know m- most of our listeners are familiar with you know the exception for fantasy sports that the you know some federal law doesn't is excluded from uh federal prohibition then then it's up to state by state as far as what to what extent they're regulating it um it's my understanding that a good number of states now actually regulate and have laws pertaining to fantasy sports right so and, and, and those probably a lot of those require licenses so is that kind of some of the states that you guys are out of right now but have planned for the future yeah exactly
1: we have those planned for the future um some of the license fees are quite significant and so it only makes sense to pursue a state where we think we can build up enough of a user base to sort of like pay back the the license fee and so it just means that we have to pursue that down the road um and wait a little bit longer to go after a state with a with a bigger licensing expense so
0: how many states fit into that category of requiring a license
1: um, I think of the states that, that we're interested in pursuing over the long term. It's about five or six. Uh huh.
0: And otherwise, I think there's some states that just outright ban fantasy sports. Right. That's a handful.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some states outright ban it. Some have a licensing process. Some have a registration process. And then some are, are free to operate in.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, 19 sounds like a relatively low number. It, you know, it's only banned in a handful of states and then a handful of states require a license. So uh, w- w- what's the category of these other states that you're not in?
1: Yeah, we've got so the states that we're not in either, um, you know, like you said, ban fantasy or have other rules that prevent us from entering. Uh, but we have about 50 percent of the U.S. population covered. So, you know, we might be in less than half the U.S. states, but at least we have over half the U.S. population. And so we're really excited about that that. We can go after some states where there's big, big populations, pro sports teams. Amazing college football programs, college basketball programs. So there's a lot of good sports density in, in the states that we are in.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, then the next l- legal question, uh, you know, applies to how you put your fantasy together because there's some controversy out there right now where you've got DraftKings and FanDuel, which is all about putting together a team and competing against somebody else's team, and then you got Prize Picks that's out there not competing against another team. You're basically just picking three or four over unders and putting that together and the house is paying you if you win. It sounds like you're falling more into the prize picks category. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, and have, have you any concerns about the legality of that? I, I assume you've consulted legal counsel and so on, because it's my understanding that at a minimum DraftKings and FanDuel does not like what PrizePix is doing, I guess, argues that it's not legal. Prize picks obviously maintains fervently that it is legal and then i believe there's some actual legal challenges going on out there
1: um yeah my perspective on it is that uh first and foremost the the laws never stipulate whether a game is against uh an individual or against a a pot of people or a pool of people or a user uh can enter a contest directly with the company so that's never really considered or pondered um and then the second piece of it is 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 these are the laws that FanDuel and DraftKings lobbied for uh, many years ago when they were arguing that their game was daily fantasy. And so it's really just the same thing over again. It happens, it happens constantly, right? You know, new laws create new market opportunities. Um, there's a, a niche that's really, really exciting that fans love. They love the simplicity. And we're not only bolting on the existing simplicity of a, of a novel game format, but we're adding an experience on top of that, which is curation content and just making it even simpler and easier for fans to play.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, the legal question comes down to whether there is a requirement that fantasy sports be player versus player. And, and it, it's probably to the extent it is litigated. It's going to be a state by state question. I would think I, I well, I, I guess it also could, apl- it could be a federal question too, since it's a federal law that exempts fantasy sports. So you could say, well, what exactly is fantasy sports? So it, it, it could happen on a federal level. Uh, too, but I, I'm I'm very much in your camp and uh, hoping and believing that there's nothing wrong with doing it the way you're doing it because it's I, I think it's a lot more interesting for players and, and opens it up to more players because the whole idea of building a team um, gets a little nerdy wonky as we've been talking about with fantasy. Yeah, exactly. I don't think there are many
1: people that can spend a day in Excel and and build a custom model that helps them project plus EV opportunity that they have to build a winning lineup. I think it's it's far too complicated for fans, and it's not really built for them.
0: What about taking uh, wagers on things other than sports? Is that something you guys have ever looked into? Uh, I mean, the first is the legality of it. You know, when we talk about fantasy sports being legal, I'm not sure I could come up with a reason why it wouldn't also be legal if we're talking about the Academy Awards or that type of thing.
1: Yeah, I, you know, it's been out there for a little bit. Of time, a lot of offshore sports books have always offered these markets, and foreign, um, foreign sports books have offered these markets. I think one of the challenges is that the results are known, right? You know, reality TV is a really popular category that people talk about as something that could have wagering markets attached to it or real money markets attached to it. Um, I think the results are just too widely known. Um, and I'm not sure that there's the same necessarily like live feeling that's created with anything mm-hmm. but live sports. Um, you know, the Academy Awards being the exception, but the depth of that is, is pretty limited. So I think it's something that we we could look into down the road, but, but candidly, I think we're really focused on getting super strong in, in sports and storytelling within sports, whether it's, you know, NFL, college football, NBA, there's a whole world within each of those, right? We just yeah. talked about Ryder Cup. How do we be the best Ryder Cup storytellers there are? How do we be the best NFL storytellers there are? So I think we've got a lot of wood to chop before we, we, before we, uh, dive into the next uh, entertainment category.
0: Yeah, I keep trying to think about, you, you know, I mean, it's just becoming so big that you just think there there is something else out there for people to wager on that will be legal, that will be popular. And it's just kind of interesting to see whether that will ever happen or not, and you know, for startup companies, it's obviously something to consider because you're always looking to differentiate yourself. Todd would probably appreciate me asking, you know, about well, you, you could do it based on stocks theoretically, and I don't know if anybody's ever tried that, but you know, you could say, you know, will this will will this stock be over under X price by the by the end of the week, you know, and you know, it it it's kind of a backdoor way of doing stock options, um, really, but I don't think that there's anything. I don't know. I'd have to dig into the law on that to see if there's anything unique about fantasy sports versus doing uh, doing it based on on anything else.
1: Yeah, I think it's 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 out there. There are a couple other companies that have interesting propositions on, you know, how you can isolate certain events in different markets and and get a, action so to speak or or put money behind, you know, other random events whether it's the weather or any any number of things and so I think it's an interesting opportunity. Um, But I'll I'll let those guys those guys explore it and and try to figure it out.
0: What about did you guys consider at all? You know, there's B2B and B2C. B2C obviously is, you know, very uh, labor intensive as far as attracting players to your site. What you guys are putting together also is something that could be very interesting to sell to some of the bigger players that, you know, you're feeding them. These stories, so a FanDuel or a DraftKings, and you guys are curating all these cool, interesting stories for them to run.
1: Yeah, I, I think it is really interesting, right? Um, my view is that I saw a consumer problem in the marketplace or a behavior that should exist that fans should be able to read a quick curated selection of stories, make their entry, and move on with their day. Right, we're asking for a ton of time. We don't want you to. We don't measure time spent. It's an anti, anti-metric anti of ours. We want you to get in, get out, and get back to whatever you're doing and just place your picks for the day. Um, so I think it is interesting, but I really believe that there's place in the ecosystem for a new product and a new platform that better meets the needs of consumers. And I think burying that in you know, the side panel of another app is, is interesting nonetheless, but it's not, not uh, going to get us to sort of like the Holy grail of where real money gaming ends up for the next five to 10 years in the U S
0: so talking about acquiring players and you have something special to offer our, our listeners. What do you, do you guys have promotions that you run all the time for players? Um, I mean, I know that's kind of the most common way of getting players these days is the, the, the old deposit bonus put in a hundred and we'll match a hundred free play. Yeah.
1: So we've got, we've got a deposit bonus of, like you said, you know, a hundred dollars up a hundred percent up to a hundred dollars. Um, and then we've been doing a, a bunch of different promos, trying to really build community and engagement. We do a lot of really unique stuff. One of the things is that fans and, and users can actually submit a story. And if the story runs on units, uh, they'll get promo funds or site credit or wh- whatever you want to call it. Um, and so we're, do- we're doing things on the promo side that create user engagement in a more of a two-way street rather than like, hey, here's, here's a, a free entry. Here's a free entry here's another free entry, right? We're trying to create that sort of like back and forth dialogue between units and, and our user base.
0: Yeah. No, that sounds really clever. In fact, I could see you guys theoretically getting all of your stories from from users recommending stories.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, my writer will be upset that he's out of a job, but um, we think <laughs> it's a really, really fun way that we can better engage fans and just keep them super engaged and feel like the platform is, is built for them by them. Um, and that's something that, you know, we're really uh going after in the next you know six to 12 months
0: yeah well your writer's going to be replaced by ai anyway soon so you might want to warn him about that (laughs) (laughs) the good news the good news for him is that ai is not not taught on
1: current events so um he's got at least a two-year two-year head start on uh on anything on any ai natural language processing machine
0: yeah yeah well that's a subject for another day ai is really crazy the more I think about. I had a long conversation with a couple of friends this weekend about AI and music and creating songs. It's like, man, it, it certainly seems like they are the, the new songwriters are going to be AI. I mean, it's just yeah. we think of songwriting as being so personal and emotional, et cetera, and, and and now a frickin computer can do it. It's <laughs> we're heading in weird directions. All right. Well, yep. uh, so what are we going to do? We're going to uh, put a link in our, our podcast app for for a promo for for our, yep. our players for units.
1: Yeah. There'll be a custom link that we'll, we'll put in the, in the show notes, um, you know, deposit deposit match hundred dollars, hundred percent. And, um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll set that up for you guys.
0: All right. Well, I'm in for sure. I, um, that's how I, I interviewed a guy from price picks, uh, early on and, uh, put a hundred bucks in and got my hundred bucks bonus. And I took it to $5,000 within about two months betting on golf. Um, but We all know what happens eventually and uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's not there anymore. So I'm I'm a good customer long-term. Amazing. Amazing. Well, we hope you... (laughs) Win and withdraw a ton
1: and tell all your friends about <laughs> it, and then they come and then they do the same.
0: Yep. All right, Tori. Tori Korsunsky from Units Daily Fantasy Sports. Check it out, download the app, and click on the link in our podcast description, and hopefully that'll get you that bonus we've been talking about. Thanks for joining the show, Tori. Tori.
1: Thanks, James. Really appreciate you having me. It was fun.
0: Yeah, it was fun. And thank you all for watching and listening. We'll be back soon with another episode. Take care, everyone.